the series that we've been in, it's all about breaking through walls. Those things that limit us from progress. Anybody ever been there? Come on now. We've all been there, right? We're talking about overcoming walls that blind us from the good things that God has ahead for us. Walls that overwhelm us because of their imposing size. Walls that restrict us and keep us from breaking free and breaking out into new beginnings and continued momentum. So the study that we've been in comes out of the book of Joshua, and it's a moment when the people of Israel undertook their first of many military campaigns en route to a land of God's promise, a promise that God had made them, a promise that God makes you, friend. But you see, the thing is that there are battles along the way, and we have to know how to fight. We have to know how to face these walls and not succumb to them. We have to see the ha- and create a space where we can see the hand of God working. And you and I play a part in that, amen? amen. And so... While this moment was miraculous, if you haven't been with us or maybe you've never heard the story, God acted on the, on the behalf of, of his people and he brought the walls of a great city down. It was, a, it was a miraculous moment. But you see, this miraculous moment didn't start with a miracle because God brought it by his hand. Hear where I'm coming from. The miracle wasn't that the walls came down. The miracle was that God's people united and worked together. God's people united and worked together. And I'm going to show you that from scripture. Somebody say with me, together. together. Come on and tell somebody we're better together. together. Tell somebody else we're better together. together. For those of you online, we are better together. Absolutely, we are better together. But you see, friends, what does that mean? And what does together look like for you and me? When you think about together, what do you think about? When you think about together, who do you think about? When you think about together, what does that compel you to do with your life? So we're going to go back to the book of Joshua, chapter 6, and I want you to see the miracle that happened when these people came together. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And when the Lord said to Joshua, I see I have delivered Jericho into whose hands? Go ahead and tell somebody your hands. Yeah, tell somebody else it's into your hands. That's right. He's delivered it into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. And so he tells them, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. And have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear the sound, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Whoa, we actually knocked down a a wall or two there. Whoa, come on, you're starting to get it. Praise God. So watch what happens. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. Everyone won that day. Today, I want to talk to you from the heart of God. I bring you no opinion, friends. I'm telling you that, look, I face challenges just like you do. We all do. We have them. They're real, right? They happen. These walls erect themselves in our lives. But you and I have a promise from God, and it's this. Those walls have to fall down. They have to fall down. And there's a strategy that the Scripture uh, teaches us. And so today, I want to talk to you on the topic The power of together. The power of together. It's been said that we are better together. I want you to tell someone we're better together. 
I want you to tell somebody else we're stronger together. I want you to tell somebody else we belong together. Whoa, there may be some matches that were made today for the very first time. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm all for single people finding their mate in the kingdom. I'm just saying, right? Oh, you didn't know pastor was trying to hook some people? No, let me stop. Let me stop. Let's get back to the text. Stop it. Stop it. I want you to notice something, though, from the scripture. I want you to notice that Israel's breakthrough was delivered into the hands of a man named Joshua. God told Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and its mighty men. But then he tells Joshua how that victory is going to come about, how that breakthrough is going to happen. And what we see from the scripture is that God chose to enact a miraculous breakthrough through the hands of people. The people. And it wasn't people operating individually, friends. It was people operating together. See, the promised land, the victories that laid ahead, the breakthrough moment they experienced at the walls of Jericho were all a result of people arriving first at a common ground called together. Together. And together is a beautiful place, friends. It's a powerful place. It holds the keys to all of God's promises. And it is a strategy that God has given you and I that finds its origins from the very beginning of time. Let me show you how important together is for God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says this. Then God said, let us what? Let us what? Let us make man in our own image. Notice that there is more than one in operation here. And he says, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. From the very beginning of time, from the very beginning of creation, God conceived this place called Together. And it started with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, cooperating. And here's what God said, I want to make you. I conceive you. I make you in my image. But friends, we have to understand that because we're made in the image of God, we're also called to function like him. Together. Together. Now, I know some of you, you, you may be waiting for God to show up. Right? You're saying, God, I'm waiting on you. Let me just give you a little, a, a little revelation from the scripture. When God decided to get man's attention and save us from our sin, and open doors for new possibilities and a new life, and, and, and transformation and change, and all the good things that he created for us, and for us for, and for purpose and all that. When God chose to make the way for us, he came as a man, as a person. He came like one of us, meaning that if God saw fit to open the way for us by coming to us, and being together with us, that process hasn't changed. Look at somebody around you. Look to the front of you. Look to the back of you. Look, look all around you. Look behind you. And I want you to see something, friends. If you've been waiting on God, maybe it's because you haven't been looking who's around you. It's why we need this place together. 
And so while God's hands fashioned the plan for the people of Israel to break through the walls of Jericho, and he had a hand in bringing those walls down, he did not do it without Joshua, and he did not do it without people working together. And God has not changed his mind about that. See, we must therefore gain a new understanding of what together is. Because the breakthrough at Jericho teaches us that together works. Together works, friend. Together works. And, and I dare say that there are many of us that we need to receive that and believe that today. We can't operate alone. And so the very first thing that the scriptures teach us here from this moment, this miraculous move of God that was made possible as people worked together is that coming together is just the beginning. Let me say that again. Coming together is just the beginning. That's the, that's the, that's, that's, we're just getting out of the gate when we begin to come together. Now, for some of us, we have to acknowledge this. For some of us, we think that coming together is about coming to a building. Some of us, we're of the opinion that coming together is about giving to a cause that we all hold true or we're on, on the same uh, uh, vein of thought and mind and that, 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 that it's giving to that. Some of us, it's, that we believe the same thing or we believe in the same one. But friends, the truth is that together is so much more. You see, coming together was just the beginning for Joshua and the people of Israel. And friends, the same is true for us. It's just the beginning for us. As followers of Christ, what we do as a part of his church is either working in cooperation with God or it's working against what God wants to do. And I want you to consider what the scriptures show us. Because God's intention is to build people through people. And I know for some of us, we don't like people. We don't want to be around people. We celebrate social distancing. The problem is that distance between us is demonic because it's not God's plan. It is not God's plan. Let me show you this from Scripture, lest you think that I'm giving you my opinion here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 9, says, For we are, come on, say it with me, we are what? Co-workers. Come on, go ahead and tell somebody, hey, co-worker. Hey, yeah, yeah, you didn't know you was a co-worker, right? We're co-workers, but watch this. We are co-workers in God's service. We're co-workers in God's service, meaning that if we're not co-working, we're not in service to God. We're not in service to God. We're not even at the gate. If we're doing this thing called life alone and doing this thing called faith alone and we're just coming and going and, you know, just, yeah, you know, it's just, hey, God bless you and hi. Hi is a poor excuse for how God works. It's a poor excuse. Hi is not enough. Bless you, brother, is not enough. We ain't brothers if we ain't doing this together. We're not. I'm just saying, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. 
by the grace that God has given me, I laid a foundation, the Apostle Paul says, as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. How many should build with care? Each one. Each one. Let's leave that portion of Scripture up for a moment. I want you to consider that God likens us to co-workers in His service. And when we are functioning in this capacity, I want you to notice that the result is a building. It's a building. It's a structure. It's an immovable structure. It is a structure that stands the test of time. It is a structure, in the words of Jesus, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And if maybe... You've been struggling and being beat up throughout life. And, you know, it's just been one big circle. And it's been hard. And, it, you know, God, where are you, friend? Maybe it's because you're doing it alone. Can I tell you something that I, I really appreciate about this facility? Which, by the way, here's something to give God praise about. We close tomorrow in this facility. Finally, we're making a statement to this city, to this region, and it's just the beginning, and that's great, right? We thank God for the years here, and we, we're going to continue to do what God has called us to do. We've been faithful throughout all the years, and here we go, and here we grow again, right? But let me tell you something that I really appreciate about this city, about this building. It's the character, and this city as well. It's the character, and one of the things that I like is the brick. It's all around, right? It creates challenges, right? It does, you know, with temperature control and all that. But, hey, bricks are like people. We all create challenges, right? But one thing that I really appreciate about these bricks is that they speak to me. They remind me of this verse that we just read. You see, each and every one of us are growing and coming to faith in Jesus based on the foundation that someone else has set. Someone else has set. See, a brick alone isn't strong. A brick alone can sustain nothing. But here's the power of bricks. When you lay a brick upon another and you add some mortar, that brick now supplies strength across to each side and upward to the one that's on top of it. But here's the key to it. It also draws strength from the one beneath it. Now, why do I share that with you? Because according to the scripture, what we're seeing is that the foundation has been laid. Right? And I've just been taking from that foundation and laying it and laying it and laying it over the last, we're going on 10 years. Right? But here's where we are now. People are now beginning to understand, well, wait, I'm not as weak as I thought. But they're discovering that strength as they come together. Together, friends. Together. Together. Alone, we're weak, friends. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do some things by yourself, but you can't do all. I'm going to tell you why. Because Christ shows up through people. Christ works through people. That recipe has continued to this day. Right? So we need each other. Right? And when we begin to operate and coexist as one, what God erects is a structure in our life that brings stability. It provides a home. It's a safe haven. 
It's a place where we not only belong to, but we draw belonging from. It's a place where we grow and mature. I don't know about you, but that's what I want in my life. And I believe that I'm speaking to people that that's what you want, right? And all of us are looking to God, but maybe we've overlooked each other in the process. It's time to get back to this place called together. Now, one of the reasons why I believe we settle for being together instead of coexisting together, because those are two different things, is because some of us are unwilling to deal with our issues. Our insecurities. Our hurts. Right? Our biases. How about this one? Our offenses. Can I give you a piece of advice, friends? We're going to look at this in Scripture in a second. You have to begin to deal with it. We've got to begin to deal with that. Because anything that keeps us apart is a problem. Thank you for reminding me that I have another 13 minutes. Appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Ma'am, whoever you were. Truly appreciate that. But we have to deal with it. We have to deal with this. The people of Corinth were a church, a body of believers that held great potential. They held great potential. But there was a problem there. They had individual issues that were affecting the corporate body. So the Apostle Paul, this was, this was like one of his problem childs, right? He loved them and he taught them. He also corrected them, right? You read the letters of First and Second Corinthians. He was strong with them and he's gentle, right? And then it's like he's smacking them up, right? And then everything in between. And then in 2 Corinthians 13, 11, he says this. He says, finally. Somebody say finally. finally. He says, finally, finally, finally. Look, after I've said all this and I've taught you all this and I've corrected you. Finally, brothers and sisters. Here's the point that we have to land at. Rejoice. Enjoy what God is doing among you. Do this thing together. Rejoice because I'm among you. Let me remind you, brothers and sisters, in the words of Paul, brothers and sisters, that the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. His people together. Psalm 133 says that the commanded blessing of the Lord is there. Where? How good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity and praise the Lord. So see, together is a place of a commanded blessing. Together is a place where God inhabits. Together is where God does great and miraculous things. It happens together. Together. And what we're seeing here is that the Apostle Paul is addressing this issue. So he says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the good the, the God of love and peace will be with you. Get this. For some of us, the reason why we're not experiencing breakthroughs and we're not seeing the hand of God isn't because He's absent, it's because we're not together. It's because we're not together. Notice that the love and peace of God requires that we operate together so that it can operate among us. And that cannot happen if we do not follow Paul's instructions. Here's what Paul was saying to them, in essence. Deal with your issues. And instead of striving to be apart and to hide and to struggle, 
And by doing those things to strangle what I want to do in your life. Deal with your issues and strive for reconciliation. Get back to encouraging one another. Start living together. Let me ask you a question right now. Just a quick pause. How are you doing in this area? I mean, like, for real. Like, how, how are we really doing in this area? Because if we're not doing real well in this area, friends, it explains why we're not doing, we're not doing well. Together is a beautiful place. Yeah. The second thing I want to leave you with here is that keeping together is the process. I'm going to say that again. Keeping together is the process. Listen, this place called Together is not about coming to a building. It's not about sharing some common beliefs. It's not about maintaining some values that we hold to together. No, 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 no. This is about something so much more. See, Together is the process. Once Joshua and the people of Israel had come together, the goal was not to defeat Jericho. I'll prove it to you. God already told Joshua, I've given you Jericho, I've given you its king, I've given you all its mighty men. That's a done deal. That victory's already been conquered. So what was the battle that they had to face? What was it that they had to defeat? I'll tell you what they had to defeat. The goal was to stay together and march on. That was the goal. Can I tell you something about us Christians? Us Christians, I just got back from Wyoming, so, you know, people talk a little bit different in other parts of the country. It's amazing. When you get out of New York, everybody has an accent. Everyone has an accent, right? But I was out there together with a bunch of pastors and business leaders, and I was doing some ministry, just some different things that I'm involved in and that you help support the health and the, the well-being of pastors. So thank you for that. Come on, give it up. God's using you. Thank you very much for that. We celebrate that. But I was out there with these people, and, and, and we were together. And these are, these are guys, these are men, these are business leaders that we're marching together. Right? And so the command to the people, the goal was to stay together and march on. It wasn't to knock the walls of Jericho down because God had already taken care of that. See, this is the heart of God. This is the strategy that God uses to infuse his kingdom and this gospel into the world. You know, they say that some of the most important words that we'll ever declare in our lives are in our final moments. In those moments where, you know, you know, I don't have much left and, and I have to say something right now in this moment. And I want you to think about this because the final words of Jesus here on earth, before he ascended to heaven and assumed his throne next to the Father and all that, before he, all that took place, Jesus took a moment to declare probably the most important words of his earthly life. Words that teach us something about this, this place called together, this power of together. Listen to John 17, starting at verse 20. Watch what Jesus says. He says, my prayer is not for them who? Alone. It's not just for them. He says, no, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be what? One. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. That they may be one as we are. Say this with me. One. In them, 
I and them and you and me, so that they may, brought, they may be brought to complete unity. Complete unity. There's a place that Jesus identifies in this moment. It's a place called together. It's a place where community is made up of people who come and unite. Where we come into unity. We come into not just... In church worlds, we use the, the word fellowship loosely. Oh, we're going to have a fellowship. Fellowship is comprised of relationship. And if we're not in relationship, guess what? We're not fellows. We're going to do this God's way. We have to understand that fellowship is not just something that rolls off the tongue and we talk about. Fellowship is life together. It's good times and bad times and the in-between times. It's when I'm high and when I'm low and when I'm struggling and when I'm thriving. It's everything in between. It's, it's not a place of, trans, of, 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 of secrecy. It's a place of transparency. And I want you to consider, according to the words of our Lord Jesus, what the goal of the church is. Now, for some of us, we might say the goal of the church is to share the gospel to, to declare the good news. Friends, there's some truth to that. See, Jesus does want the world to believe in him. And while that's the goal of the gospel, God's goal for his church, according to the words of Jesus, is that we become one. Because unless we become one, friends, we'll never arrive at the point of sharing the gospel credibly and with power. It is not going to happen. It is not going to happen. And so I'm reminded of an example I came across a while back. You know, geese are an amazing part of God's creation. They're amazing. Geese are amazing. Let me tell you why geese are amazing. Because they teach us about living in community. They teach us about working together. They teach us about leadership. They really do. You ever notice how geese fly in what formation? Right? It's like a v formation right and, and what's interesting is that the geese in the front the goose who's at the very front eventually rotates his leadership to the back so when the head goose so to speak in the lead starts to tire it changes places with another goose in the flock's v formation and it flies to the back right and by flying in this manner each member of the flock creates an upward current for the bird immediately following it, right? Scientists say that by flying in a V formation, the whole flock gets 71% greater flying range than geese that fly alone. In other words, you're stronger, you're going to go further, you're going to arrive at your destination point. Let me ask you a question. Who are you flying in life with? Who are you doing this thing called life with? They've also observed that when one goose gets sick or wounded, two fall out of the formation with it, and they follow it down to help protect it. They say that the one that struggles, they stay with the one that struggles until it can fly again. So you know that person that calls you and says, hey, man, I've been thinking about you. 
Can we get together? I'm praying for you. Hey, why don't you join this connect group? Hey, why don't you, why don't, why don't we, why don't we, you know, hang out after we get out here? You go, I don't know that person. I don't even like them. Right? Let me remind you that maybe, just maybe, it's God speaking to you. We're trying to help you. You can fly. Listen, we don't do this thing, connect groups, because it's a fad amongst churches, because that's what it is in many places. That's not why we do connect groups. That's not why we, we encourage people to serve together. That's not why we go out into the community in different ways and work together and, and engage with people. The reason why we do that, friends, is because it is God's secret sauce for strength, for growth, for maturity, to accomplish all that God has in store for us individually and corporately to bring light to dark places, to bring healing to the hopeless and the hurting. We can't do this if we don't do this together. You know, one of the things that I love about geese is they honk. Honk, 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 honk. They just honk. And I find it interesting that the reason why they honk is for two reasons. They're communicating something. Number one, they're communicating we're still together. Everybody's still present. We're all in the midst of this. You know how we honk here at Church at the Bridge? We sing. We say, what's up? We call. We ask. We get involved. We engage with one another. We reach out to each other. We supply needs for each other. The second thing that geese are communicating is this. Keep going. I'm cheering you on. All that simply to say this. Geese understand that who they are adds to, the, to those around them. And that's like a gift, friends. One of the ways that we can begin to keep together and see this process come about, come to a fullness and maturity and, and coming to complete unity is by being a gift to one another. Let me give you scripture for that. Romans 12, 4 through 10 says this, For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member does what? Belongs to the others. To all the others. We belong to all the others. We belong to all the others. Quick question. What is Jesus saying to you in this moment? What is he teaching you? Maybe he's correcting you. Maybe he's instructing you. Maybe he's strengthening you. What is he saying in this moment to you and I? So it goes on to say, we have different gifts according to the gift, uh, the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now watch this. Why we're called to do all this? Because that's sincere love. Love must be sincere. 
Man, if you're doing life alone and you, or you're just coming and going, can I, can I just submit to you according to the Holy Scriptures, God's Word, that you have an insincere faith? Can I submit to you that while you sincerely believe that you love Jesus with all your heart, you're sincerely wrong. I mean, like, this is, this is a, a moment where we encounter truth, and we, like, we really got to think about this. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. And watch what he's talking about when he says cling. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Let's leave that scripture up there for a second. One of our core values here at Church at the Bridge is that everything that we do is to honor God and honor people. Why do we go the extra mile? Why do we extravagantly go above and beyond in resources to meet and serve people and engage with one another? Whatever we do for kids, whatever we do for our teens, whenever we do uh, uh, connect groups, whenever we go out into the community, whenever we're doing conferences or whatever may have you. Fellas, get ready. This, this, this men's camp out is going to be off the chain. Anyway, back, back, back to the message. Why do we do that? Because we honor God and we honor people. And what we're seeing here is that if we're truly going to be people that strive to honor God, we can't do it without being honorable towards each other, without loving each other. See, when we see one another that way, what we begin to do is become a gift that supplies strength, that helps build others. And that's how this kingdom of God comes to earth. That's how it happens, friends. The last point I want to leave you with here is that working together is success. See, coming together, that's just the beginning. Keeping together is and always will be the process. But the arrival point, success... Yes, success is working together. It's when we set aside our differences. It's when we get past our biases. It's when we live generously and care for one another. It's when we really take interest in one another's lives. It's when we, when we say, man, we're going to rub shoulders. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna press together. We may not have this all figured out. We may have some character defects and some differences of opinion, and we may, you know, may not always be the most loving people, but we're in this together. That's a place called success, friends. That's when unity becomes complete. That's what happened when the people of Israel finally came together. They began to experience success wins. They had some struggles still. Welcome to the kingdom of God, by the way. There's going to be challenges. But they began to work together. So in the words of Jesus, 1 John chapter, I'm sorry, the words, the word of God, referring to this love of God, this love that was expressed to us by Jesus, it tells us in 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Yeah. No one has ever seen God. 
But if we love one another, God lives in us. Listen to this. And his love is made complete in us. The term completion is powerful here. Because the word complete here means to arrive at the intended end. This is the finish line. This is what we're in this for. This is what this is all about. This is the place of success. This is the pinnacle of life. This is what it's all been about the whole time. Let me ask you a question, friends. We all have definitions for success. For some of us, success is in the form of numbers. I make six figures. Some of us are saying, that's not enough. I want seven figures. Right? For some of us, success is a relationship. To be married. To have children. For some of us, success is having a degree and, and being able to leverage that in the work world. It's the accolades that come with it. For some of us, success is what we look like or what people think about us or what we think we see about ourselves. Everyone has a definition for success. But in light of the scripture, let me ask you this question. Are you succeeding? Have you truly arrived at success? Because you might have amassed all these possessions and gained all these degrees and accomplished all these things. But Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? See, that's not success. Success is a love for one another in his body. You know, things are changing here at Church at the Bridge. <laughs> Leaders are beginning to rise up. More people than ever are serving the church and, and bringing their gifts and, and expressing a desire to, to, to really help build the kingdom of God and to, to be planted in the house of God and to, and to be of use in the kingdom of God. And those, that's powerful. It's great. Listen, but let me, let me tell you why that's happening. Why people are so passionate about community and about reaching people and about growing in their faith and about being in relationship together. Why is that all happening? Because at the very beginning, from the very beginning, it has, it was, and it has been, and it will always be about this thing called together. Always. Some of you, you've been here for a while now. And I guarantee you this, we're not the perfect church, but we strive for together. We fight for together. We stand for together. And we'll die trying until the day that Jesus comes to stay together. We believe that with all our hearts. It's part of our core values. I remember when we first started the church, man. <laughs> we walked into this building and our, our, our landlord, we were leasing at the time, now we're going to buy it. But when, when we came into this building, our landlord didn't really appear to be a person. It was more like fruit flies because this place was full of them. It looked like the rapture happened in here, man. There was cigarette butts everywhere, glasses, bottles, you know, stripper poles, true story. Somebody, when we, when we first moved in, they said, Pastor, you're going to keep the poles up? It was like, nah. We're not doing that. Nope. Last thing I need is somebody walking here and go, hey, I remember those poles. And I'm going to go, hey. Let's talk about that. It's true, man. I'm telling you, man. Us people, we are funny like that. Anyway, 
So we, we, we got into this building. I remember Pastor Nett looking at me and going, are you sure you heard from God? <laughs> and I said, hon, I know I've missed it a few times, but you're going to have to trust me on this one. She says, all right, it's going to take us about six months before we open up. I said, nope, we got six weeks. And at that point, we were a, a, a body of believers comprised of about maybe 30, 30-something people. We were at the Hudson Valley Hotel and Conference Center doing our very best to serve God and be faithful and build community. And, and, we, and we, we, I said, we're going to do this. And so for six weeks, from July, end of July, all the way to September 5th, September 4th, the night before, even September 5th, the day of, that first Sunday, we, <laughs> we had people that would come before, serve, before um, they went to work to help clean up. We had people that would come after work to come help paint, to dump out trash, to do whatever we had to do. And we did that every step of the way. I even remember we, we didn't have it to buy seats. And so here's what the congregation did. I'll buy a seat and I'll sponsor one for the person that's going to that's gonna eventually come there. And we, and listen, it was all a process of working together. Friends, the only reason why we're succeeding, and I say this humbly, is not because we have it together. It's because we are together. We're about to step into a new realm. We're going from tenants to owners. That comes with different challenges and all that. But here's all I know, man. I, the numbers don't make sense. I mean, we're being responsible. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> we're being responsible. But, you know, I'm like, I have all these dreams. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to change this. We're going to do this. And we're going to serve the community this way. And I'm, my mind is racing. Our hearts, you know, we're dreaming. We're, 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 we're believing. And then I'm, I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm going, God, how? And he, he's kind of like going like this to me. Just look back every step of the way. We're going to do this together. Let's stand today. As we come to a close, friends, I want you to consider what is God speaking to your heart? And what's the action that he's calling us to take? See, friends, coming together is just the beginning. Keeping together is the process. And working together is how we succeed. I would dare say if, if, if I could even speak for God, not that I do. I would suggest that maybe what God's saying is, it's time to really be together. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.